right, hey everybody, here we are um, at our sneak peek uh, conversation for Little Known Legends, the podcast. Um, uh, so excited to be here with the team um, and just wanted to start off with everyone introducing themselves. If you could um, let us know your name, what it is that you do in the world as an artist, um, how are you participating in this project? Um, and then something that's interesting or exciting to you about Little Known Legends. Uh, Kinan, can I ask you to jump in first? Hi, everybody. My name is Kinan Valdez, and I am a director, a theater director in the world, a member of El Teatro Campesino. That's the Farm Workers Theater. And on this production, I was also a director. And I came to this as a member of the company when El Teatro Campesino began partnering up with Radical Evolution to develop a new piece about the legend of the San Patricios. And what I am most excited about this iteration of this project is the fact that we had a chance to work with an international company of creators and actors and performers. And so I'm happy that we get to share this with you. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Chaz, can we have you uh, introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Chaz Croslin. I'm a performer and musician, and I'm serving as musical director for the uh, Little No Legend podcast. Uh, I came to the project through my affiliation as a musician, uh, ensemble member, and artistic associate of El Teatro Campesino as well, a longtime collab collaborator with uh, Kinan. Um, what I think is really interesting and informative uh, about this story is to observe the pattern of behavior and parallels between uh, historical incidences of oppression in our country and uh, those taking place presently. So, and I think the whole point is to be aware that these things have happened and are happening and can hopefully inform an effort to, to be better, to do better, and to hold uh, those in positions of power uh, accountable. And... Um, make legitimate efforts to improve. Amazing, thank you so much. Uh, Danny, can we bounce it over to you? Hi everybody, I'm Danny Perez. I am from Quito, Ecuador. That's where I'm uh, joining today from. I'm really excited to be part of this team. I did not know anything about the San Patricio's story before I joined the team. And uh, it's been great for me to learn about that part of history to start with. Um, I am part of the team as, uh, as the audio editor and the sound designer. So I've been in charge of recreating the soundscapes of 1845 US and Mexico and the wars and um, some scenes that are uh, like, I, I, I feel like I know the, the characters um, very well, like I've met them in person having spent some time with them, you know. So um, it's exciting. It's exciting to finally show uh, you this podcast and share it to the world. Awesome. Thanks. Beto, you want to go ahead? Sure. Um, hi, my name is, is Beto O'Byrne. Uh, I am one of the co-founders of Radical Evolution Performance Collective. And I am the uh, playwright of the original script of the Corrido de San Patricios, as well as the person who adapted it for the um the podcast audio drama I, it's hard for me to pick one thing that i'm really excited about this is a project that has lived with me in a story that's lived with me now for almost 15 years it's something that i've always wanted to write it's a story that i've always wanted to tell and i'm i'm really thrilled at this variation of the story and what we have created and how we have created it 
and um, the the team that has has been here with us this whole time and and really put it together. It's it's such an honor to get to work with all of the artists that worked on this and um, and such a joy to hear it every time I get a new draft of an episode. I'm just like so so thrilled. And my name is Maropi, uh, other co-founder of Radical Evolution, along with Beto. I am a theater maker, theater producer, um, crazy cat lady, uh, other things in between. Um, And uh, something that was really exciting and interesting to me was to explore this new form of storytelling. Um, We had never made a podcast before as Radical Evolution. We uh, jumped in with both feet, uh, not knowing exactly what was ahead, but learning as we went and teaching ourselves. And um, just, you know, it's been amazing to work with this team of um, really talented and incredible and patient folks uh, as we put this uh, series together. So uh, now that we've uh, all introduced ourselves and jumped in, um, we wanted to tell you, uh, give you a little bit of background about the San Patricios. So I'll bounce it over to Beto. Can you tell us a little bit of background on this story um, and how we've uh, been adapting it and trying to tell it? Yeah, I would love to attempt to give a quick explanation of who the San Patricios are. The San Patricios were a group of Irish immigrants to the United States uh, who were conscripted into the U.S. military around the time of the Mexican-American War. So that's around 1846 through 1848. And uh, this is a very important uh, event in the history of the United States and Mexico. Um, It is essentially the reason why the United States is a um, country that extends uh, from the Atlantic uh, to the Pacific Oceans. And like a lot of wars, it was uh, an unjust one. And we see it essentially as nothing more than a violent land grab. And I think most of history uh, that we have looked at uh, supports that point of view. So uh, as part of the U.S. military, these Irish immigrants are shipped down to the border between the United States and Mexico and uh, soon start to see the cultural and religious similarities between the Irish people and the people of Mexico and all at the same time are treated incredibly harshly by the United States military because of their Irish identity. And um, as a result, around 300 of these Irish soldiers defect from the U.S. military to fight for Mexico uh, for the duration of the war. Uh, They do so largely knowing that um, the war is probably not going to go in Mexico's favor, but they do so anyways. The San Patricios are considered folk heroes in the legends and mythology of Mexico. Uh, They are really not known as well here in the United States, largely because uh, for the majority of the time since the Mexican-American War, uh, people knew about the San Patricios. They were really seen as traitors because they defected from the U.S. military. Um, But they were considered heroes in Mexico. They're considered folk heroes and a legend in the uh, Mexican-American communities. And that's why we're really excited to tell this story and to celebrate this legend so so i'm gonna fast forward us a little and say can you tell us a little bit about the podcast version of the show sure i absolutely can yeah so um 
I'm assuming that a lot of the people that are listening to this are listening to this because they're fans of of the theater and, and know of, of the companies and know of, of what we do. And, and if you are a person who works in the theater or a fan of the theater, you're very aware that, that during the COVID lockdown, all of our theaters closed, right? And one of the things that we started to think about at that time was we really wanted to experiment and think about what were the different ways we could tell stories and really thinking about the mythic nature of the show, thinking about the epic nature of this show, the idea of wanting to do it as a podcast, as an audio drama, really popped out to us, uh, which opened up some really exciting doors uh, for the show. So that's that's why we are here today and what kind of brought us here. Yeah, and you know, as Danny was saying, it, you know, we're hearing battles from the mid-1800s and it's like the, this was a piece that takes us to so many different physical places and locations and environments. Um, with that, we'd love to play a little bit of this piece for you. It's a work in process. We're still not completely done with it yet, but we wanted to share uh, just about five minutes from episode one. I wanted to uh, hand it over to Kinan. Can you tell us a little bit, set up this clip for us a little bit, um, what we're about to hear and where we are at in the story? Yeah, so what you're hearing is the story of Lachlan. Lachlan is the surrogate for all the Patricios that make the journey from Ireland over to the United States looking for a new world. And so we have just left Lachlan, who's saying goodbye to his family, very much like any immigrant's tale would be, the goodbye that happens. And so Lachlan, who is looking towards a future, uncertain of what he's going to face, has to hop on a boat, and that boat is going to sail him all the way to New York City. Awesome. Thank you. So here is a brief five-minute excerpt from episode one of Little Known Legends. Get them stones and bricks and hold, Bill. Quit that dallying. <clears throat> Excuse me, sir. Do you happen to be the captain? <laughs> you ain't got enough, boy. And we're filled to the brim with folks such as yourself, so keep walking. Wait, sir! Psst. Hey, kid. Give me what you got and I'll get you on that ship. Oh, it's heading to the States, yeah? Next stop, New York City. <laughs> okay, then. Here you go. Great. Crawl into this barrel, see? Wait, what? Trust until we get into the ocean and then you can crawl about. But mind you, be careful. Don't you get seen. How do I do that? See, now, the way I thinks of it, that's what I call a you problem. No, no, you don't understand it. Best of luck, kid. All aboard! Let's get sailing! With adverse winds or bad weather, the journey to the United States could take as long as 14 weeks. The ships are crowded and disease-ridden, and many immigrants dreaming of a better life died on these boats, earning them the notorious nickname, Coffin Ships. On the 4th of July, 1845, we set sail from the sweet We were sailing away with the cargo for the Grand City Hall in New York. T'was a wonderful craft, she was rigged for and daft. No wild, wild winds drove her. She had stood several blasts, she 
had 27 masts and we called her the Irish Rover. Take your hats off, boys. Bring them over here, will ya? In nomine Patris, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. God rest the soul of poor Barney O'Sullivan. Tom McGee. God rest the soul of poor old Tom McGee. He was a good fella for what we knew of him. The Lord take his body and the devil take this ship fever. Let me go. Come on, ya. Get off. We'll see what the captain says. What's all this then? We got us a stowaway, Captain. We're short-handed as it is, Captain. Give this one a mop and a bucket and make him earn his pay, same as the rest of us. Mm. Well, if it breaks something, I'm taking it out of your pay, Brendan. Well, nothing out of nothing will be a heavy fine, but I think I can cover him. That smart mouth will cost you one of these days. Back to work, the lot of you. <sighs> Thanks for that. Blight our Brits. Plenty killing us Irish these days. No need for us to be killing each other. You're paying your way to the United States. Yeah, had enough of fighting for the Queen, so thought I'd try my luck in the new world. You're a soldier then? Oh, must be exciting. Don't believe the poems and the songs, kiddo. Ain't nothing romantic about the life. Folk like you and me, nothing but cannon father, you see. God willing, the US will give me a chance to earn a more peaceful trade. Got a name, do you? Lachlan. Brendan, you got any folks in the United States? I got no one. Well, you stick with me then, kiddo. We'll get to the new world and who knows? Life's easier when you don't gotta struggle by yourself, right? Squall! Squall! Batten down the hatches! To be Irish in the 1840s in New York City is to be equal parts reviled and necessary. A refugee of oppression and hunger, looking for that new life that turns out to be just like the old one. Out of the way, you idiot! This way, boy, don't have your head on such a swivel. You ever seen such a sight, Brendan? All these buildings, and the people. Ah, if you've seen London, you've seen grander. Come on, let's find us some lodging. All right, that was our work in process clip from Little Known Legends. Yeah, I wanted to uh, just go do a round of like, just, you know, reactions and like, what does this make you think about? What are you excited to share? Does anyone want to start? Yeah, this is Keenan, the director. Well, um, one of the things I'm excited for you all to hear is the way that we've taken one classic Chicano theater form called the Corrido, which translates into the ballad, and transposed that and adapted it into a new form. I think when we were working through this, we said we wanted to keep the truth, or at least the, the mythic truth, of the history and the legends of this story that some of us grew up on, but figure out a way to transpose it into a totally different medium, as Meropi was talking about. And so the idea of taking both a theatrical and cinematic approach, as well as using conventions from old-fashioned radio, is something we had an exciting time working through. So we hope that you get a sense of the scale and grandeur of this story at the same time that you follow these very human tales. So I'm excited for you all to hear that. <laughs> 
And I can pick up on that as well. Working with the corrido form is something the El Teatro Campesino has done since its inception, essentially. And it's a tradition that Kinan and I have worked with in staging things in live context. Um, but we di discovered when we were in the process of doing the podcast version that uh, it's quite different uh, to do something without that visual component. And that was very interesting and um, challenging to, to work out. But I should say also, um, as part of what I'm looking forward to, this sequence is uh, one of several examples where we, uh, in various episodes where we have movement from one place to another and the combination of music, narration, and sound effects that uh, embellish that journey. And these were areas where I felt like we could really stretch out and uh, express with music to bring the listeners along. So I'm looking forward to folks hearing other uh, examples of that. Amazing, thank you. Um, Danny, Beto, did you want to jump in? I, I'm, I'm just very excited to recover this radionovela format um, kind of thing, you know, this audio drama. I think in growing up in Latin America, I, I hear all these stories from my parents and my uncles and, and my grandparents of uh, listening to radionovelas in, 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 you know, in the public radio here in Ecuador and in other countries too. And I think it's a format that has been kind of lost for quite some time. Uh, and podcasts have, you know, give us the opportunity to recover that format. So I'm really excited about the format and really excited about sharing all that, all that work with, with you. The fact that you will listen to all these, uh, all, all these soundscapes and, and, and all these uh, circumstances where the characters are uh, involved and, and all the different voices and all the layers. For me, it was very educational as well. So I, I think that for a lot of people as well, it will give a lot of information about that particular piece of, of history. Thank you. Yeah, Beto, go ahead, and then I'll, I'll go. I'll jump in. If anyone knows Radical Evolution's work, you know that, that music is, is a really big part of, of what we do. In particular, our interest in how to take popular music and put it in a theatrical setting. And we uh, did a lot of that with both the stage play and this production, and really played with some traditional folk music from a variety of different cult from different cultures and communities and that was such a blast to get to work on and to get to work with and to get to tell this story yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna plus one on all of the, all of that but um also just take a moment to brag on my amazing collaborators here and say i can't wait for you to hear the amazing music and sound design that um chaz and danny have done because i feel like it really brings this piece to life in a way that it was even beyond like what I could imagine when we started out this process. So very excited about that. So I want to take a couple more minutes here and just see uh, if anyone else on the team, if you all have questions for each other that you want to ask. Yeah, this is Keenan. That's a question for Beto. So Beto, I'm curious because we haven't had this conversation. I know you're a playwright, you're a novelist, and now that you've entered into the world of podcast recording, how do you like this form? Do you think you're going to be returning to it in the future? That's a great question, which is the response everyone gives when they don't have a great answer for the question. Um, but no, I I did enjoy it, and I do like the idea of it. And I have had a few conversations with Meropi about if we were going to do other stories in this form, what would they be? I will say that um, I love writing stories and telling stories based on little known legends, little known historical events. It's a thing that I'm very, very fascinated by. Um, 
I'm currently uh, finished reading a book about the um, kind of forgotten history and story of the fall of the Alamo and the rise of it as a piece of um, U.S. mythology, and I find it utterly fascinating. I guess the I'm rambling into an answer to saying, yeah, I'd love to do more, you know, always. Just to add on, I will say that if we do another podcast, we will approach it very differently with a lot of lessons learned, but um, uh, in a way that hopefully will make, you know, everything easier and, and, and faster to do. But, um, but yeah, definitely agree. It would be exciting to tackle another little known legend at some point. Kinan, can I, can I throw that question back at you? Because I know this is also not your first radio adaptation of a show. So now having a couple under your belt, what do you think about the form? Oh, I actually, I, I love it. Um, I'm a big fan of podcasts myself, but I love that this is a form that captures the imagination of the listener. And mm-hmm. it is a different approach to creatively telling a story. I think we all sunk our teeth into how can we create this soundscape in this world, not through bodies, but just through the sounds of happenings. I also appreciated the fact that with this piece, we had the opportunity to expand the story beyond what was possible in the theatrical show. And I think that's a hat off to both of you all from Radical Evolution to push us in that direction. So yes, that's another short answer. I definitely love the idea of episodic storytelling in audio dramas and i will be back for more (laughs) there's something really fascinating i mean even those of those of us on on this call in this room right i believe we're all wearing headphones right and i think most of the time when people listen to a podcast oftentimes they have headphones on so it's such an interesting and intimate kind of storytelling because that is that is fascinating to me about that and the story that we're putting forth with you in this very intimate form includes like sailing and music and battles and <laughs> and like all of this stuff. So I'm I'm really really interested to to hear what you all think about what you experience. I think we're all we're all very curious and excited about you know hearing what people will will say and comment on and and what, what will people imagine when they hear all all the all the episodes um i i do have a couple of questions for kinan and for chas but Meropi, you were going to say something i don't want to cut you i i was actually going to ask you a question so oh. you ask your questions <laughs> then i'll ask mine okay well uh, i wanted to ask kinan um about the timing um of you know of of dialogue and and things because something that happened and maybe a bit of a spoiler uh, alert <laughs> but something that happened in, in in the process of producing this is uh, from one draft to another we had this particular moment when uh Kinan went through all the scripts and um listened to the tightening of dialogue mostly um and i think from from the draft previous to that to the draft after that um it like it 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 changed completely the pace of of everything that was happening so i wanted to ask inan uh you know what 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 are his uh, what are what are his thoughts on on timing because i remember him saying as well that in comedy timing is everything and uh, mm-hmm. uh that like just the 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 process of tightening all this timing in dialogue has taught me as uh, a lot as well as as you know as an editor as a sound designer so thank you for that and uh, i just wanted to you know to, to pick your brain and, and just hear uh, some quick um comments on on timing yeah 
So a couple of things on timing with this podcast. What we wanted to do was to capture the spirit of the original theatrical play, which has a lot of energy. But in this case, we are dealing with a radio drama or a podcast drama. And so one of the things that when you hearken back to old radio is timing. If it's not tight, it's dead air. And so we wanted to remove that empty space just to give it a momentum. But it is a type of convention that we're going for, right? We wanted to be able to fill everybody's ears, capture the spirit of the theatrical form that we are dealing with and do it in this new medium. So, but as you said, yeah, the secret of comedy is timing. Mm -hmm. And so we hope that, uh, you know, you, you get a sense of the energy and thrust that comes from Danny's work in terms of pulling this together and Maropi's work in terms of assembling these performances. Awesome. Thank you. And, and also I had a question for Chas, um, just wondering about, um, music, like all these adaptations, um, I'm I'm sure they've they've been like a huge challenge, and uh, we've seen Chas uh, taking a lot of decisions regarding putting more music, putting less music, maybe adding some stuff out and taking some stuff out of uh, of every episode. And uh, I wonder how Chas you come out you come to these decisions and how you approach these uh, well these adaptations of of music that is very traditional. Sure. Um, well, we are, first of all, using musical pieces that are in the style of folk traditions from Ireland, United States, and Mexico. Um, there are some actual songs and tunes from those traditions that appear, but uh, in much the same way that the story is being presented as a fictionalized version of true events, uh, our approach to the music has touchstones that feel culturally familiar and are arranged in, uh, arranged in ways that serve the storytelling. And it's so it's not... Uh, strictly documentary uh, pursuit. But what I will say, um, noticing the difference between how we've worked live and how this has come out in the podcast version, um, in our live versions, we typically, um, we do a lot of underscoring or vamping on a song underneath dialogue. Uh, and that's something that we employ extensively in the live works, but um, we use it to convey or re reinforce emotion uh, or the tone of the scene. Uh, but what we learned in this format is that particular to story, uh, that approach becomes complicated when we're listening intently to voice performances and sound effects that are doing the, the real heavy lifting to convey mood and theme and, and the attitude of the scene. So we shifted how we approach the music and we use music and songs for storytelling and they exist in their own realm. But um, we employ some underscoring while our narrator speaks um, that's part of setting the mood in the scene and uh, can exist in that world. But um, music largely steps aside during the scenes to let the actors' performances and the sounds of the environment do what they're doing so very well. And so sometimes it's a matter of pulling back um, what you think should be and not overcomplicating the circumstance. And again, that was a lesson learned for the podcast version versus the live. Amazing. Thanks, Chaz. Yeah, Danny, I would love to ask you, um, what was uh, the most challenging environment to, uh, to realize through sound design <laughs> in the course of this story? And, and, and how did you approach that moment? Hmm. Well, uh, I've got to say that most of the moments have been challenging to, <laughs> to create the soundscape for. Um, there, are, there are a few scenes that are, I could say they're 
a bit simpler because uh, maybe there there's a bonfire and there's nothing much going on and you know things like that but all the war scenes to start with all the war scenes are like full on uh so many layers um I had I had to get creative with you know having different sounds to sound like blasts and and guns and yelling and running and I feel like uh there's it's, it's it's a great work I'm really proud of you know the way that it's coming out I'm really happy with with the way it's sounding uh but it's it's really challenging I I think the war the war scenes and uh also the uh like the river scene I think it was also one of the uh without saying much there's a river scene and uh <laughs> it's, it's a big challenge to to recreate that luckily for me i have um like i i have a little country home that i go to very often pretty much every other week and there are rivers around and there's a lot of nature around so it's uh that's being really helpful for me to take my recording equipment there and uh you know not having the city sounds affect or going through the recordings that I have so just having this quiet environment full of nature um recreating the horse steps for example I have like a I have a dried coconut here in my <laughs> in my home studio that I used for the for the horse steps um so it's been fun it's been fun just getting creative with all the all the folly sounds as well Cool. Yeah. And I have to say when we were trying to figure out which clip to share, I I was very tempted to share a piece of one of the battle sequences because I do think the work you've done on it is so incredible, Danny, and I was really excited to share that, but thought maybe it's more helpful to share something from earlier in the story <laughs> um to help people kind of get some more context and you know, of course, hopefully you'll you'll listen through and hear all of Danny's amazing work um uh in the series. Kinan, I'm curious uh, what the experience was of directing actors virtually across four countries and eight time zones in a virtual room. Well, it's as crazy as it sounds, but it actually was quite exhilarating. I remember that just sitting there, all of us in the room going, can you imagine that we're achieving this right now? That we're actually able to reach halfway around the globe at the same time and touch different continents and people. So that was probably the most exciting aspect of the early production, right? That idea. I know we stepped into this room looking for a pathway in the midst of the pandemic, but we were actually in that moment given this huge blessing to be able to work with international collaborators across three continents on this project. So that said, you're in the room, you're dealing with the technology, you're dealing with slightly different uh, technical considerations in each room um but i think the 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 human spirit was ever present and i think we were all all thankful to be able to step into a room and be creative with each other so thank you to radical evolution for setting that up an international production that is still going on to this day <laughs> amazing yeah. yeah i will say i don't think i've ever seen people have so much fun in an online meeting room as i did during recording for this podcast so that was really really awesome um does anyone else have any questions that they want to throw out yeah Maropi, i have a question for you so I know you've been a producer and a, an artist all these years, but this is your first time dealing with the podcast as a, a creator as well. So what was it like for you? Um, I mean, it's been fun and crazy making all at the same time. Um, as a producer of live events, 
getting the actors together and bringing all the people on board and getting into that recording room and then doing that recording, that I felt very um, well-versed in, in doing. I was, you know, of course there were technical challenges that we had to work out, but getting the, the group of people together at the same time, that I, I was like, piece of cake, you know, uh, even across all the time zones. Like I was like, I got a spreadsheet and I got this. Everything that happened after the recording happened was like a whole new world. And I definitely could not have imagined how much work it is on the other end of that recording moment um, to make what it is that we've been making together. Um, and that's, you know, really where this team of five of us have really come together and coalesced and done our, you know, I think our most meaningful work uh, as collaborators. And so that's been amazing to see. And I, I learn so much every time I touch this project. And, you know, talking about bringing people together and all the folks who've touched this project, um, I just also didn't want to let this moment go by without um, recognizing the work of our collaborator, who is now an ancestor, Noe Acuatl Montoya, who was a huge part of developing the stage uh, version of the show, um, a huge part of developing the music. Um, we'll hope to share, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely share his recording of the corrido um, in a future episode of this podcast and this thread. And his, um, his voice thankfully will be able to be heard um, in the podcast for a few brief moments. Um, and, uh, you know, Noe transitioned in uh, November of 2020, right as we were embarking on the idea of this podcast. And, um, you know, he's been, he's been missed and um, will continue to be missed as we uh, work to bring this story out into the world. As my maestro and uh, a longtime collaborator, I have uh, consistently felt him in the room, as it were, as we have continued to make this piece. Um, he was aware that we were um, about to start it. Um, we talked to about it a little bit uh, in the fall of 2020. Um, so he was encouraging about it and excited about it. And so I'm glad that we've been able to um, carry his contributions into it. And um, again, his presence has been very, very tangible. Uh, for me as I've been uh, working on this. And there's been a lot of, of joy in recalling uh, the way that we worked live together and um, enjoying the process of, of matching music to, uh, to the drama and to the action. It's definitely something that uh, I always feel his presence on. Mm -hmm. Especially his work as a composer on the, the original ballad that uh, provided the inspiration for this entire story in this iteration. But I'm happy that you all will get to hear his words, you will get to hear his playing of the guitar, and you will feel his presence and his heart and his spirit and his commitment to making change through the art all the way threaded through every episode of this podcast. Yeah, I'll just say that he had, I can't speak to the depth of the history of the relationship that Keenan and Chaz had with Noe, and I would invite everybody to learn more about his life as a, as a human and as an artist. He, he truly was somebody who we don't say, or at least I don't say maestro lightly, and he definitely was one for me and, and had become a really, um, a, such a growing and, and significant member of Radical Evolution's family. And I think that that, um, is hopefully felt by everybody. All right. Um, well, on that note, we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we're really, really excited to share this story with you. Um, 
if you want to be the first ones to know when this story comes out, um, subscribe to this feed. Uh, it will be here first. It will be here in full. If you want to learn more about Radical Evolution, uh, you can visit our website, uh, radicalevolution.org. We'll also put it in the show notes. Um, and our Instagram handle is at radevolution, where we share uh, info about current and upcoming events. Does anyone else want to close us out with any final words or thank yous? I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, thank you to Radical Evolution, Meropi and Beto. It's been such a great experience. Uh, it continues to be such a great experience working with such an amazing team and Keenan and Chas and El Teatro Campesino. Um, being able to meet you guys and work with you and, and put this whole crazy idea together. Uh, it's, it's been such, a, such an, amazing, an amazing experience. So we also just want to take a, a real quick second and do some shout outs to all the organizations and people who make Radical Evolution's work possible and in particular have made the Little Known Legends podcast possible. These organizations include the National Endowment for the Arts, the New York State Council of the Arts, the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs, the MAP Fund, the Network of Ensemble Theaters, shout out to NET and the Puffet Foundation. And we also just want to send one more quick, we love you so, so very much to all the individuals who have supported and donated to Radical Evolution over the years and made everything that we do possible. We can't do the work that we do without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I think my final word is Viva Los San Patricios. Viva Los San Patricios. Okay. Viva. Viva everybody.